when I move through those brokenness parts of myself, I automatically become of service. Yeah, but and I hear what you're saying. Service too. What you're saying is beautiful about isn't our landscape here um, beautiful? Yes, it is. But if we don't know how to connect with it in a deep way, then we're doing ourselves a disservice. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Practical Shaman podcast, where I get to interview authors and other interesting guests. And it's always it's always great for me. And it's always a lot of fun. So welcome. Today, I have the honor of meeting somebody new. And we have a lot in common. I'll get right in. Uh, Her name is Carrie Hummingbird. She's a medicine woman, mother and mentor and founder of the Inner Medicine Training, a mystery school that shares potent ancient traditions from the Andes and the Himalayas for owning your own wisdom and living your purpose. Uh, She is the number one international best-selling author of Inner Medicine, Becoming One with Mother Earth for the Survival of Humanity, The Second Wave, Transcending the Human Drama, and Love is Fierce, Healing the Mother Wound. And uh, welcome. Welcome to the Practical Shaman podcast. Oh, thank you for having me here and and welcome to everybody listening. And I know you're a practical as well. And we've, I was got the, um, I got to be interviewed with her on her podcast and we had a lot in common. And so I'm really kind of looking forward to this conversation about your new book and tell us about your new book. Yeah, so Inner Medicine, Becoming One with Mother Earth for the Survival of Humanity, has to do with getting aligned with Mother Earth and so aligned and so deeply present and quiet that we can hear the messages coming forward from the planet herself for each of us individually as to what our greatest contribution could be uh, at this time of the Great Awakening for the collective. And you know, we could try to figure that out from our minds, but we'd be really hard pressed to figure that out, right? So it's these daily nudges and synchronistic messages and guidance. That's how we're going to find our way through the maze, you know, how it is that we decondition ourselves and end up in our power again, um, collectively. And so getting connected with Mother Earth and the four directions is really the, the fastest path I know of to getting connected with your soul and the wisdom that is right here, right now, available to all of us uh, through our bodies and our, our hearts. And when we get still enough and present to listen. Well, I noticed in the title, it says humanity, and it doesn't say for the survival of humanity. So does that, that must imply somewhere that you think that humanity could not survive this, this um, time that we're in. Does that mean that? Well, I mean, Mother Earth is going to survive no matter what. Let's just right. say that. And the indigenous people are always saying, you know, Mother Earth, if if we're not uh, really paying attention and grateful and following our path and listening to her, taking good care and keeping in harmony, or as the Carol people hive in the Andes say, I need right, right, right relationship, right, right um, balance, right with nature, then we're going to find ourselves um, flicked off the back of a dog like so many fleas, you know, because she's going to say enough of that. You know, I, I have the rest of the creation to think about. 
So we're, we're just, we've gotten a little self-important, you know, we think that we're like the cat's meow, although I have a cat at my feet <laughs> right now, my, my kid, my kitty called sensei, he's with us. Um, but you know, we're not, we're, we are supposed to be the stewards of earth. We're supposed to be the stewards of all of our relations of our, the animals, the plants, the insects. And what we're doing instead is uh, taking short-term action based in self-interest collectively that are causing um, species to go extinct. And this is gonna end up affecting us um, because you know the food chain is a, is a chain for a reason. And when you start dismantling it, it's like dominoes, you know, they start to fall. So for a while, everyone thinks everything is just fine. You know that there's no more um, certain kind of lizards in the jungle uh, until then you realize what impact that has in the general ecosystem. So we're, we're in the middle of a process that's hard to see. It's kind of like time elapse. If we had a time elapse over a few hundred years, we might be able to see you know, the damage of some of our decisions that we've been making and course correct. But because it's sort of like frog and boiling water, you know, like you don't really know what's happening. You can kind of ignore it for a while or pretend it's not happening. Cause look, there's trees, look, there's a bush, look, there's animals, everything seems to be fine. But if you're a biologist or you're an environmentalist, you know, that's not true. So this is where, you know, we've, we have a lot of self-delusion um, in humanity and we're avoiding the work we actually came here to, to do, which is be stewards of the planet. So in order to wake up to that, that's what I'm encouraging through this book is to get connected back with mother earth. You'll hear the truth. You'll feel the truth. You'll awaken to it. And then you'll know that you need to dedicate yourself to it. Well, there's a lot of conversation in that. The, so I guess I'm kind of the believer that if we're really heading for a six majors extinction, that uh, that it's been a cycle of nature where we've been extinct before, and and so is are we also thinking that we're in so much power that we have you know that we have some control over this process of nature that you know extinguishes ourselves every once in a, a while you know we've been going on with this for about four and a half billion years that aside i don't know the answer to that and that's probably a bigger question than i care to tackle at the moment but you believe as i believe that the way through this time whether it's you know whether to navigate this extinction or to somehow um you know start to work in harmony with the earth is through inner medicine so tell us a little bit by what you mean by that yeah, so I, I believe that every little decision we make has a huge impact. And so we we can be impactful in a positive direction if we choose to be. It's kind of like the difference between a kind word and a mean word. You know, that that has a ripple effect. Every every action, every word we speak is like a, a, a stone thrown into a pond. You know, it has ripples coming out from it. And we're very powerful already, and we just don't realize it. So what the shamans want is for us to um, realize that we are dreaming while awake, that we are manifesting this whole potential that we're experiencing on earth, that each one of us is part of manifesting it as part of a giant collective manifestation, a dream. And so when we are waking up to that, we can start to dream a better dream, not only for ourselves, but for the whole planet. So the point is inner medicine, because we've got to get in touch with the timeless one that lives within us, the one that is outside of time, the one that is not in the doing, but the being, the one that knows that time is just an illusion. 
We've got to get in touch with that one that knows that it can dream a new dream six, seven generations from now and have it manifest into reality. We want to access that dreamer within that timeless one. And so we can do that through the work of inner medicine, which is really simply um, a, a designation for going inside and learning how to work with earth allies, such as the four directions, the south, the west, the north, and the east, the medicine wheel, also the great spiral of life, you know, being willing to take that spiraling journey down inside. And then also that brings us outside and upwards in our, in our power, like the, the tree of life has these roots that go into the ground. Those are our ancestry. Those are our, our, our shadows, our, um, our capabilities, our strengths, pulling nutrients up from the earth with, with wisdom and then reaching that wisdom high into the sky for the branches. This is, you know, this is the, the invitation and especially for women, because, you know, women have always been the keepers of that sacred hoop in any tribe, uh, except for the last couple thousand years. And so when women get disempowered, this is what the result is. You can see the world around you. When women get disempowered, we have war, we have, um, you know, poverty, we have um, power over, we, we have a lot of disharmony and unrest, and we have manipulation and uh, a lot of tactics, right, for personal acquisition over other people. That's what happens when the hoop is broken. So we need to re-mend that hoop and come in as wise women, as medicine women, create that hoop again, weave that hoop together again in harmony with Mother Earth and be those elders, be that guidance that says, hey, stop making decisions on TikTok in five seconds. We need longer than that to understand things. We need the talking circle. We need um, community gatherings. We need a long time to be in circle together to understand all the perspectives so that we can make good decisions, not just for this year or this minute or this second, but for seven generations to come. That's the conversation we need to move into. Well, there it would be a lot to unpack there as well. Um, the, I'm gonna take it to another place though, because I, I think it's more beyond the, for me, it's more beyond the women. I, I don't know that the women have the answer to, to heal the, this cycle that we're in. I mean, I believe we're in a cycle of decay. And, you know, I, when I look out at the, the world and I see a decaying tree, I, you know, I don't think that, oh, it's my responsibility to go stop that decay. And if, if I was, a, you know, more aligned to the nature, that wouldn't be happening. I believe that this is the nature that's happening. And so my the my perspective on it is, is like, how do we be become stewards of the decay? How do we steward this piece here and not, you know, not think that, you know, maybe the hoop is dissolving because it's time for the hoop to dissolve is, you know, more of the perspective that I would like to come from there. But my sense is that the hoop is is dissolving because maybe the hoop needs to dissolve but um we we didn't have something better in its place and and so that for me is like partly why that there's this big uh, epidemic of mental health and mental you know mental health at the moment is that you know we threw the whole baby out with the bathwater when we got rid of the churches 
we we didn't have something lined up luckily for you and i we found another path to walk on but there's a lot of people out there that are really lost so what do you think about this epidemic of mental health and mental you know illness that's going on right now that that you think that that repairing the hoop or doing this inner medicine can help well i i would argue that in western civilization that hoop has been burned alive at the stake that's what happened to it through christian colonization through corporatization through patriarchy that's what happened it disintegrated the women's wisdom in the world it disintegrated it and anybody who was aligned with divine feminine energies that was cast aside and demonized so we're we've been experiencing the result of thousands of years of this kind of persecution and now the indigenous people who actually kept mother earth wisdom alive who actually kept divine mother wisdom alive are um, kind of at their last dying breath, like, I hope this works out this time because we've been holding this space for the whole planet while everybody went insane. And that's essentially what happened. So the insanity that we're seeing right now in mental health is a direct result of that, of the destruction of connection with mother earth and the connection with the indigenous wisdom. That's why everyone is having such a hard time. It's because we have gotten dissociated from the mother energy, from the earth energy, from the feminine energy, whether you have a masculine body or a feminine body, it doesn't really matter. The wisdom comes from that, that um, sensuality, that uh, the senses, you know, shamanism is all about the senses. It's all about tuning into your senses, your eyes, your ears, your nose, your tongue, your mouth, your jaw, your teeth, going into your feet and your body and your hands, feeling your breath, feeling your womb, feeling your heart. That's, you know, taking the shamanic journey, recognizing that you're part of all all of life on earth, connecting in like the mycelium network with the mushrooms and the trees, becoming a synchronous organism that helps everything to thrive on the earth. That is what um, indigenous people understood far better than Western people have ever understood. And so what we're really doing by mending the hoop is returning, returning to the earth, returning to the wisdom and thank and praise that we have some of these ancient you know lineages still alive today where it's unbroken the carol people up in the andes mountains they never lost their way they never got kicked off of their land they went high up into the mountains where their ancestors lived so they they are still connected to the earth where their ancestors have lived for generations and generations and generations the western people got very displaced very um disoriented because just about everybody who lives think about it everybody who lives on the continent of the united states has been displaced even the native american people every single person has been displaced from their motherland from the place where their ancestors lived so we're all in the same boat together now do i think that that's a problem no i think there's an alchemy to it as you suggested you know mother earth never does anything that's out of turn we're all experiencing something important here and i think what we're experiencing is now the opportunity to find the harmony between the eagle mind which the western really represents and the condor heart you know of the land of mother earth of community so what the eagle mind has done is create beautiful inventions like technology for example and technology does connect us all across the planet so isn't that positive yes it is but it's also got us all feeling separate and alone and disconnected like we don't belong to anything whereas a condor heart understands that everything is connected everything is about community everything is about family so now we get the opportunity for the eagle and the condor to fly in the sky together together 
in harmonization. And I believe that each and every one of us is that activation of the prophecy of the eagle and the condor. Every single one of us is flying with hummingbird to merge the worlds multidimensionally into a harmonization of this eagle and this condor, these aspects of self. So we're in that process right now. And it's, it is, it's messy. It's disorienting. You know, I personally called on Kali Ma, you know, to destroy my previous life, you know, like just burn the whole forest down because when we burn the forest down, the new shoots come up and we have a whole new forest that grows healthy, healthy, vibrant forest. So there is a lot of destruction, there is a lot of decay. And that has to happen simultaneously, as we those of us who have gotten like through the decay, the decay part, or whatever piece of the decay part we've gone through, to let that forest start growing again, to rebuild the hoop. So it's a it's a yes, and to everything you said, yes, and all of it at the same time, which is why it's also disorienting and confusing. I think we're really not a, through the decay. I think we're we're at the place, you know, I mean, if we think about it, if we go back, you know, 15,000 years and the the people who were, you know, hunter gatherers and the, as they moved into becoming farmers, it, it wasn't that they, it wasn't, I don't think there was any ill intent at the time. I don't, I don't believe that, you know, that it was like a, you know, a part patriarchal idea at the time that now we're going to just stay in one place instead of traveling. I think it was more about survival. And, you know, I think the evolution of it has, has really certainly a little bit spun out of our own control. And yet I still like the other day I was listening to somebody speak about you know, AI and putting that into a perspective of where we're going next in our own evolution. You know, it's like an evolutionary process, like the dinosaurs evolved and then, you know, the common hit the planet and they went extinct. So my, my sense of it is, is different because I believe that the nature continues. And, you know, I, I don't, I think that the information has been on the nature long before the people ever heard it, adopted it here or adopted it there and adopted it there. And that it's our work living on this planet to become more aligned to the nature and to understand what the nature is telling us and, and what, but I don't believe that it's our job to, to try to fix it, but that's just me. Um, I believe that it's my job to show up as the best servant as I can and fix myself. And I think that that's what you're saying as well. Um, but I think that there's some some ideas here that that the evolution to something is still a man-made concept. Like, I don't want to evolve to something that's already in my mind or go out seven years, uh, seven lifetimes ahead of myself to know that I know what's to evolve. Um, to me, that's the difference between religion and spirituality. What is it for you? Okay, well, thank you for all of that. I appreciate you, Renee. And what I would say to this is that we are in the time of a new species on the planet. And humanity, as we've known it, is not going to be the same human that we've known up until now. You're correct. Because that human is mired in the triangle of disempowerment. It's mired in the, rec the victim, the rescuer, the perpetrator. It's mired in a concept that didn't need a Jesus savior to save you from the devil. 
And so that is not the consciousness that actually we're going to be moving forward into. Some people will stay behind in that consciousness and they won't evolve out of choice. But other people will choose to evolve that consciousness into sovereignty, into allowing more of their soul essence to come through and allowing more of themselves to be part of the mycelial network of earth, the we consciousness rather than the me consciousness. Many people will choose this we consciousness to come into harmony with the earth and to allow themselves to be moved and inspired in such a way that feels good and natural and then places them in a space of taking actions that would be in service to the collective. You know, for example, um, I might be very inspired to take a day and go, you know, pick up trash out of the stream. And is that going to be benefiting the stream and all the wildlife there? Well, I think we all can see that certainly that is benefiting the stream, that is helping the environment to be better. And if I was in a me consciousness, I would just sit at home and say, well, I can't do anything about that. So I'm just going to sit here and meditate and be still. And there's nothing wrong with that either. It's, it's really your choice. It's how you want to let nature move through you to place you in a, a spot of greatest contribution. And I think that you know we've had a lot of self-interest in Western culture, and it's hard sometimes for us to get out of our own way with that because the conditioning is so strong and so deep and so thick that it's sometimes really even hard to see ourselves. And I'll give an example of that just to make it concrete. So when I went down to Peru for a trip with one of my teachers, and I had never been to Peru before or any other, quote, third world country, and I say that with quotes because I don't really believe that structure anymore. So I went down to Peru, and we were on a sacred journey for the day, going to a space out in nature where there had been a temple, and we were going to be doing ceremony. And on the way, uh, walking through this little town, our teacher asked this woman, can we see your house? And she said, yes. And so we couldn't even walk inside because there was only just a doorway and it's a mud brick house and we could only just see inside. And we could see that she and her family, her whole family lived in a one room house that was maybe 15 by 20 feet. And it was a dirt floor and mud bricks and had a bed on one side and a kitchen on the other. And the look in her eyes though was what caught me because as I was judging her home as wow, she's in poverty. I look in her eyes and I see wealth. I look in her smile and I see abundance and prosperity. I felt her heart and I felt gratitude. And here I was, the juxtaposition of that, standing with my, you know, all of the clothing on my body from REI and my boots and my backpack and all my stuff, going on this spiritual journey to become spiritual. And I'm standing there and all of my, you know, worldly possessions are worth more than her house and money. But I'm the one in poverty. I'm the one who's lost. And in that moment, I had a really pivotal change inside of myself where I realized that they had something that I didn't, that they understood something about life that I was missing. They were connected into the land and into each other in such a way that I hadn't really ever experienced that before. They understood themselves in a way that I hadn't understood myself before. And so in that moment, I, I made this decision. I wanted that for myself. I wanted to understand what that felt like to be connected, to be in gratitude, to be in a prosperity mindset and a feeling of abundance in my heart, to be prioritizing love over money. That's what I wanted for myself. And so I think when we make these choices, the mystery guides us towards um, the manifestation of that potential, whatever it is we're choosing. 
And there really aren't any wrong choices or right choices because we're all learning from our soul's curriculum. But I think when we realize that we have the potential to make choices today that ripple forward seven generations, that we want to maybe decide to make those choices in benefit of all rather than just a short-term decision for the next, you know, five seconds on TikTok. You know, this is where most mindsets of people today in Western world are five second little TikTok videos. And, you know, that's not enough information to make any decision on, you know, and we need to lengthen the time that we're contemplating things. And we need to lengthen the time that we're making choices um, that impact the world, like that stone I was talking about in the ripple. And we do have the power to influence a lot of things. We don't have the power to control things or fix things, but we have the power to make choices that have great influence. And I'm encouraging people to make choices that have beneficial influence. That's great. Thanks for that walk down memory lane. When I was at that dirt hut, um, I actually got to pick out a guinea pig that was running around on the floor that they cooked for me while I was on the rest of the hike. Uh, so there, there, there certainly is, there's a certain heart that does go through that landscape that um, that's really hard to miss. So I don't, when I tell you, you know, my bigger, broader theories on this, it's not that I, um, I think that I, the, the, but the last time I went to Peru, you know, I saw what we had been doing at the market and I got a whole different perspective on tourism that who was I to go trampling all over other people's sacred temples and sacred pyramids, thinking that I had any right to be there or to use the jet fuel to get there or any of, of that just so that I could have some sacred experience. And, you know, I have been, been doing very little traveling since. Um, and, and, and that may change, but that was, that was where that took me was like, you know, that, that we'd gotten lost from our own, we'd gotten lost from, you know, I look out my, my door here at a beautiful Harbor, like, is that any less sacred than, you know, trampling down to somebody's uh, ruins in Peru and, and thinking I'm having a spiritual experience. So, but yeah, sometimes we need to venture there to understand that our REI boots are not going to make us happy. Um, and it's, and, and I clearly know that you've clearly done a lot of work around, you know, your own, own thing, because the whole, for me, the whole evolution becomes when I move through those brokenness parts of myself, I automatically become of service. Yeah, well, and I hear what you're saying. Too. What you're saying is beautiful about isn't our landscape here um, beautiful? Yes, it is. But if we don't know how to connect with it in a deep way, then we're doing ourselves a disservice. You know, one of the things that they know high up in the Andes Mountains that they never lost was how to talk with their ancestors, how to communicate with the mountains and the streams and the rivers. And so these people and their wisdom have enormous medicine to share with the West. And, you know, so as somebody who has sought that wisdom and has um, the Carol and become adopted, so to speak, as a little redheaded stepchild here, I appreciate the medicine because it teaches me even in the not speaking, right? A lot of the shamans, they don't speak, they don't say words because they don't need to use words in order to communicate essence and information to your soul. So there is this amazing um, experience, if you will, that you can really only have with the presence of a person like that. You cannot get that from a book. Um, you, you get that from presence. 
And somehow when you invest yourself and you become part of such a, a, an amazing fractal as that, you start to embody it inside yourself and you do be able then to connect with your own ancestry and you do then be able to connect with the land that you're on. You know, I, I began my journey with shamanism with a teacher who, you know, just kind of said, well, I'm going to start becoming um, connected with the earth and start teaching shamanism. He didn't really have like a lineage that, that taught him anything. That was an indigenous lineage. He just, as a Western white male, decided he wanted to do that. And it, he created a beautiful community. A lot of people came together for drum journey and it was gorgeous, really good medicine. And, and people really enjoyed that. And I was part of that. But when I went with um, down to Peru and I started working with the shamans, the indigenous people, I started seeing the really huge difference there is working as a Western person, um, kind of taking your own journeys and having your own meditations, and then working with somebody who's actually from a lineage that's unbroken. It's not even the same thing. It's completely a different thing. And as Western people, I think it's time for us to humble ourselves at the feet of the indigenous to really understand what they understand about earth and have always known and how patient they've been where we have been kind of fumbling about trying to learn they actually can guide us back home. You know, we lost our roots, we lost our home, but we can come back home with the supportive unbroken lineages like this that are willing to teach us. And that's another aspect, willing to teach us. Because in the United States, we've had a lot of trauma. And in Canada, tons of trauma. I mean, all over the world, let's say, but I'm just more familiar with the, what the Native Americans have gone through on this continent. And they're not always that willing you know, to open their hearts and their doors because of all that's happened and because of what's gone unaccounted for, you know, un, um, there hasn't been an a formal apology. There hasn't been a recognition. And I think because of that, we're in this state of, of blockage where we could be learning so much from indigenous cultures, but, um, you know, we haven't solved the pains of the past. So we're not, we're not there yet, but the people on the top of the Andes mountains, the Carol people, you know, the rainbow poncho people, they remember who they are in truth. They know they're here to be stewards of earth. They know they're here as star keepers, and they know that they're here to support all people to remember themselves as um, sovereign conscious beings of light, that we can make an influence on the planet. We are sacred dreamers. We can do this. And they're here to remind us of that. So uh, they know who they are and they welcome people with open arms. So that's what I've been blessed to be a part of. That's wonderful. All right. So if people, um, we're just about out of time here. So I want you to give people a, a, a final word and tell them where they can find your book and um, come study with you or, or how, how that looks. And we'll have to have another conversation in the future. Yeah, we love that. Um, the book is Inner Medicine, Becoming One with Mother Earth for the Survival of Humanity. And you can get the first chapter for free if you go to my website, kerryhummingbird.com, K-E-R-R-I hummingbird.com forward slash inner medicine. And it's on Amazon and it's almost on Audible. I recorded it and is almost there. So sometimes people like to listen to the Audible and read the book. So, and, you know, if you're interested in training and you want to become part of um, the Wisdom Keepers and benefit from the Wisdom Keepers, the Carol people that that back my work beyond the veil and, and in real life, you can, you can be part of inner medicine training and you can start to receive the daily uh, support and guidance that I've been benefiting from and found it really changed my life. So if you want that kind of thing, then reach out, we'll have a discovery call. That's great. And if, um, and if you like what, uh, the little bit of controversy and a little bit of conversation that we had here today, hit like, 
hit subscribe and uh, share this this channel. I'm never going to make it easy because that's not my <laughs> and um, you know I'm a little controversial and and I like that and certainly I want people to go away with something to think about. So thank you for joining me and uh, we'll continue this conversation. I'm sure. Beautiful blessings.